hoes gon' leave you for us. We won't go after you. Got some little nigga, just stop. Claiming you hot, let me show you you not. I'ma show you what's hot when I bust your top. Bust like bust. Bust like bust. Bust like bust. Who fuck? No, I'm busting the bust. Fuck on that nigga, bitch. Got him like why? Got a bitch coming, she looking like how? I just came up brand new lit. I just came up brand new lit. Brand new kicks, peep the fit. I ain't rockin' no counterfeit. Never so fool, I'ma cut that shit. Shorty ass fuck, I'ma fuck that bitch. I just came up brand new lit. I just came up brand new lit. I just came up on a bitch. I just came down on a bitch. I just picked a little bitch up. I just scooped it in the whip. That little bitch won't suck the dick. That little bitch won't let the tip. I just pass it to the click. Super runs my gang and shit. I don't give a fuck about a hoe. That bitch can't leave the gang. I just get my fucking chain. I don't give a fellow man. I don't got no fucking chain. I'ma snatch a fucking chain. I just came up brand new lit. I just came up. She 
done did me dirty. Yeah, she heard me. Listen, how she heard me. Did me dirty. She done did me dirty. Yeah, she heard me. Listen, how she heard me. Play with that money, 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 play with that money
Welcome to Thug Crowd Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal.
update this profile. Go to <laughs> Matthew Grobo. Hey. It's going to be better this time. We are yeah. live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Thunder Round. Hey there. Can y'all hear me? Am I good? Yeah, yeah you're good. good. You guys are good? Awesome. Well, everybody. Um, hello. Welcome to another exciting edition of your favorite podcast, Thunder Round. Uh, it's been quite a week. We've had a weekend. Um, how you guys doing? How's everyone doing here? <clears throat> Just great. Yeah, Just I'm still cool. catching up on some of this news. Like uh, things I needed to follow took other things out of the way. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, quite a week. Thanks. Quite a week for projects and quite a week for a lot of different things. And yeah, um, it's exciting that we have a cool month ahead um, and some plans for the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, everything seems to be going pretty wavy gravy. <laughs> I like but um, <laughs> anyone do anything cool this weekend? Any cool projects or anything? Uh, yeah, hacked my Switch to play uh, Smash Ultimate two weeks early. Yeah. And um. uh, <laughs> uploaded a bunch of dumb shit to Tumblr to see what Tumblr thinks is a titty. Yeah, you got to, uh, everyone has to check that out. That's the LOL, the LOL column of our show notes. The very bottom there. That was good. I like that. Just testing it because it's it gets ridiculous after a while. You realize what? Do we get uh, any hints? What you say? Of, of what? We we get any uh, hints at some of the immediate data you have gathered? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll drop it here in uh, in voiceless voice. I'll drop the <laughs> the link to the little Twitter thread. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was really good. I I just think it's funny that there's like. The way that you can tell the way that like they're parsing it is like a little too strict. Where I saw the one where there was uh there was like sand, like de- pictures of a desert were being flagged as nudes. Um, which is awesome. Wait, they actually have uh, boob detectors? What the hell? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll talk about that a bit more. We have that in our story, but uh, okay. in our show uh, <laughs> notes, but definitely uh good a good time. Um yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, no anything else we can uh, get into the news real quick because we cut quite a bit. Um, so there's there's been four major breaches <laughs> this week that have been reported. <laughs> it's just like it keeps it's, it's, it reminds me of that uh, that Smash Mouth like meme video where it's like and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming because it's just literally like every single day that I like go on Twitter there's just something new and then more people ask me about it and they say. Like people that aren't like in computer, they're like, well, "What do I do about the flowers.com or 100 Flowers or Marriott?" Like, I'm just like, I feel like we need to have like a guide or something to write to just be like, "Here's what you can do and here's what you can't do," and it's pretty much it. Because uh, it's yeah, but um, I guess we should start with the first one, which is the 500 million Marriott uh, records were stolen in the Star Wars uh, Star Wars data breach. Now, do I mean, you know what this was, what the vulnerability was leveraged to do this, or probably guessed Wi-Fi? Uh, yeah, <laughs> there is so much. Like, there's one dude from Marriott on Twitter, and all he does is respond to people's like things. He's just on their IR team, and so like if you go through and look at his Twitter feed, it's literally just like him responding to people on Twitter anytime they're like, "Hey, Marriott's breached." Oh, was that the guy? Yeah, okay, I saw him. Yeah, they should learn about this thing called Markov chains. 
I don't want to name him, but he's probably still on Twitter, huh? You didn't yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, there's like just up to like four years ago, and it's like someone posted a screenshot of them inside like Marriott's IR emails. <laughs> they're like, hey, so maybe you should fix this. So they're saying like a lot of this stuff could be up to like four years old. Like no one, it's no one really knows. Just, just living Google off the land for four years. Google darking it had like just ridiculous stuff too. So it's just Equifax all over again. Oh yeah. Sure. Hard, RDP open to the yeah. They have passport numbers in those dumps with um date of birth and full name. That's pretty valuable for identity theft. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what was that thing you found, Dan? Uh, it was like an Oracle uh, backend and stuff. Like they just had, like I just did site colon uh, Starwood Hotels, I think, and like, okay. and then I think I typed in administrator, and, and tons of stuff came in. Um, I think that like when you, if 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 you ever use like guest Wi-Fi and it's like, what is the surname of the person sitting in the like whose the room is booked under? And also, what room are they in? Like, like, you don't need to know much, but obviously that data is shared somewhere um, amongst, like, some pretty seedy systems that are, like, even, like, pre-World Garden. Yeah. Uh, someone is echoing. Uh, uh, is someone is echoing badly. I muted him. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, Atmos, just tell us when you're back. Um, but, yeah, uh, no, it's just one of those things. Four years of people being uh, able to access this records is just, I don't know. Like, what do you do at this point? Uh, actually, uh, hold on. I do have a link to there was, they had gotten sued or somebody has started suing them immediately. Uh, let, me, let me share that real quick. I found that recently. Um, like a couple hours after the information. With this type of thing as well, though, like remembering the chains that, uh, you know, the people that run the chain are not also not always the people who run the hotels as well. So there's a bit of disconnect yeah. in like data handling. So if you book directly with a hotel, um, and then you know they're just using some booking system, uh, you might not even you might have stayed at one of these hotels that's put you in this database and not a hundred percent be aware of it. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, there are probably still massive drugs. I think um, from an uh, Intel point of view, for intelligence agencies, like major hotel chains and rewards programs and all that sort of stuff, a huge target. Um, mm. Is there a competition? More... Sorry? I was going to ask if there's a, a competition to break into hotel rooms. Like uh, we, we do a black bag at Rexcon. I'm sure other cons do similar, where you, you have to break into a hotel room. And it's the scenario is, you know, like get in without triggering the alarm and like, you know, don't set off a pressure mat. And well, um, after the Las Vegas incident, I don't think that'd be a good idea to be running those. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like it, it's all sanctioned. The hotel knows it's happening and that, you know, it's the hotel that it's a tell that. But I'm just I just mean, like that scenario wasn't made up out of thin air, like getting into uh, as an as an Intel exercise, breaking into a hotel room is obviously a real oh, thing that people do. Well, yeah, like, I was watching right. a, a training video from the 1950s, <laughs> a CIA training video from the 1950s, 
one of the first things they said is don't stay at major chain hotels. That's a huge yeah. uh, Intel fuck up um, because everyone that works there is compromised or owned in some way. Um, pay cash at like a small, uh, yeah. pay cash at a small motel. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what the video said. It said motels, pay cash oh. at motels. So now everybody Don't knows where to look for fucking spies at the little motels. I don't go looking for spies. Like I, I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't know who goes looking for spies, but uh... <laughs> me, I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> spies everywhere. <laughs> um. So yeah, speaking of, of breaches, uh, another one was Quora, um, which. Quora is one of those sites that I, I always feel like I don't know who actually is a user of the site. I don't know what their target person is. Because it's the same thing to me as Yahoo Answers, which I know some of you might have actually used it. But for me, it just seems like a place where there's, for some reason, just always a question and always a bunch of answers. that <laughs> are just bizarre. Um, so, yeah, Quora, I don't know. Um, but with this, though, uh, there is 100 million users' uh, accounts. Um, data were stolen. Which is a username, email address, encrypted password, probably MD5. I thought. And so Cora is not a, a Google property. Is this before they? No, it's no. their. Uh, they went through Ycom. I don't think they got bought out by anyone. Well, yeah. Google integrates pretty closely to encourage you to log in from your Gmail account to curate. So. I assume that a lot of those credentials are going to be Gmail credentials. I mean, Cora is one of those things, though, like uh, someone I know who frequents Cora is is not there for information, but just for the trolls, like to re- just, just to read the retarded trolls and make sure that the wrong answers are upvoted. Like, or the, <laughs> or should I say the, the best answers? The best answers are upvoted. Yeah. So... But yeah, that's just another uh, classic breach. I don't know, but I don't know if anybody actually or who actually uses it they'll be affected. But 100 million uses is quite a lot. Now this next Including one here, private uh, yeah, yeah, oh. uh, a bunch of different information about that. Like it still can be some good data that people use oh. over other website. Oh man, yeah, you can import contacts and stuff onto QR as well from other social networks. So oh, nice. that's in the database too. That's your Facebook contacts. No. Maybe, maybe we're gonna see some phishing attacks after that. Who has the database? Come on, give it up. Does Troy have it? Give it up. <laughs> of course, Troy has it. He ethically paid money for it. <laughs> no log, no crime. Yeah, this is one of the things too. It's like when you like make your users sign up in order to even like view the site. Yeah, right. they're pretty, so they're pretty aggressive. Who, yeah, who didn't even like ever answer or ask a question who are now yeah. like their emails are now leaked just because they oh. want to see content on the site. Now you now you mentioned that I'm pretty sure I've done that as well with maybe a throwaway account. But yeah. Yeah. One of, one that's of why you get random information every time you register. Yeah. So, like that's no one matter of, the like, web- not something that like I'm sure they considered, but it's like yeah, boy. Oh. <laughs> uh, so trying to deal with. We have more people in the chat today than we have in a while. Uh, yeah, overflowing yeah. The, uh, off the sidebar, which is good. Uh, welcome everybody who's who's here. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the next uh, story that we have here is interesting as well. This is a credit card stealing malware that had been on 1-800-Flowers for four years. Um, and people were just stealing credit cards of them for four years. Yeah, I don't know. There's not really much more information about it. I don't see anything, just a TechCrunch article, but that's a long time to have credit card stealing malware. And somehow, like, I mean, I'm sure, don't you have to pass PCI compliance? Is there anything? Like, how, how did you, how does this happen? You know? Sorry, go ahead, Blackwater. Uh, I was just saying, like, what happened to being PCI compliant? Yeah, right. Like, how, like, Man. if you have an audit yeah. and they ask you anything about it, there would be like, you know, all the standardized really, questions that eventually lead you to look we at need to get something. We need to get the journalists to start asking that question immediately whenever credit card data is compromised in a breach at all. Um, that should be yep. one of the first questions that, that the journalists ask of the, of the spokesperson. But if you have a whatever. breach, if you have a breach for four years, you're just going to like grab the you know, grab and log the the number in the pl in in clear text. Like, plus anyway, like if you look at credit uh, uh, PCI, you have to remember as well that the things that are stored, like the way that it's stored, like you, you must show the uh, last four digits to the customer. You need the first six digits, which are the the, the IIN, and like yeah. then you need then you've only got this space um of six digits. Uh, wait, six four, yeah, so sixteen. You only have a space in the middle that must adhere to LUN. So mm -hmm. even if you're yeah. masking it, uh, even if you're masking it, the same as PCI tells you to, all the data is there to put it back together. It's not that big a deal. So here's the but I, I don't think, like, I don't think this is just like a big breach where they've gone like, oh, clear text credit card numbers. I think it's more like if they've had access for four years, they've been siphoning that bitch off in clear text. I'm more yeah, interested say... in who provided like their security consulting assurance whatever you want to call it name and chain because somebody's not doing a good enough job clearly um either, know, either flowers, flowers. flowers didn't do anything or the <laughs> or they've been paying some clown who hasn't been doing a very good job it could be the case and sometimes flowers you forgot up, to right? remove some credential of an old employee i see that often in the yeah. da in database that i work yeah i mean it's it's kind of silly though like four years Boy, yeah. oh boy. Yeah. Some, somebody's got to get fired. I've got to put my not Dan hat on and, and uh, <laughs> find someone to fire in this scenario. I mean, oh, yeah. that's bad. In the At least one. one. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I wonder if it's IVR related, though. That's the only thing that comes to mind with 1-800-Flowers, right? Like, that would be an easy way to take credit cards and also be PCI compliant. Right, yeah. Uh, well, finally, the last breach of the week that we've found here is the Dell security breach. Uh, or Dell had announced some form of security breach. They didn't really give too much about it. They're just talking about, or they said that there's hash passwords, customer names, and emails. But the article specifically says the company didn't go into details about the complexity of the password ha hashing algorithm. But some of these, <laughs> such as MD5, can be broken. And I wasn't sure if that was like a like a dig for something they weren't supposed to yeah. say or if that's just them saying md5 yeah, either way uh yeah. i hope to god that dell does not use md5 they have i mean they have quite the technology using... to not use it. yeah i think this is like a lot of this stuff just came out because like 
well, if you have a data breach, like now's the time to like publish it because yeah. nothing's going to beat fucking 500 right. million. <laughs> like, exactly. Record. You fly under the radar. <laughs> it's like putting news out on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Just so that nobody notices it. Because I literally didn't hear about the Dell breach until right now. <laughs> and just reading through it, it sounds like it sounds like you know a for, like Dell support forums or driver site or something like that. Um, and it could no no PCI information or even PII information, but it could be substantial if that was the only news story in in security this week. It's Dell exposes a hundred million emails. Um, that'd be headline news, but <laughs> there's bigger headlines this week. So yeah. sneak it in. Small countries leaking out of hotel chains. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone, anyone's listening has got like a breach under 100 million, now's the time to come clean. No one, no one will even notice. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. if you're using MD5, yeah. this year's... Yeah. It's unfortunate the administrator, the DevOps, did, did something but... wrong. Who the fuck are them? <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, did you read something on the internet like in the all years? Uh, what else we got in the pipe? Copy paste. Yeah. Stack overflow, please. Copy paste. Yeah, let's move on to the next story here. We can talk about breaches forever and just shit on them, but it's there's a lot more people looking to shit on. Um, so Tumblr will ban adult content on November 17th. So this has been quite a thing, um, Shell, as you were talking about earlier, um, testing out what they are banning. But specifically, they had mentioned that they they don't want any adult content, and the famous now or now famous phrase, "female presenting nipples." Uh, so they're basically trying to do this really stringent policy now to combat child por- the child pornography, which we talked about last week uh, when they were removed from the iOS store because they don't. Um, they don't want to. They don't want to have an app that has any child porn on it. And so, while that is an argument, um, that is, we were debating on what this would mean for Tumblr, and it seems that this is actually what their move is going to be, which is yeah. try to do as quickly as possible some sort of damage control to be able to get back in the app store because that is a significant amount of the of the mobile market that yeah. they won't be able to download their app. And so. Well. Without without um, the the edginess of Tumblr, I mean, what's their audience if there's no? I think they're making a big <laughs> mistake. I think they're fucking up big time. Like they really yeah. took a wrong move because they're they're killing their wow. user base in order to save. The they might they might be some stuff the behind the scenes we don't know about. They might they might be seriously implicated in some in, ongoing investigation or something. Yeah, I don't. And this is like, like, like a they they the only way they can survive the, is to. Wait, and is it all so, nipples, or is it just female nipples? It's uh, just all nudity. It's, it's, it's just of everything. The sand thing, right? So, Shell, you, did the sand thing get blocked? Uh, I uploaded a whole bunch of pictures of uh, deserts, and I yeah. was like, because I saw it, and I couldn't get it to trigger. I tried someone, someone else talked about like Garfield's eyes. <laughs> uh, I saw someone do that, and I uploaded a bunch of those, and it didn't work. Uh, but I uploaded 150 different images, which is a like daily post cap, and I got like 15 to trigger. So, including a, a skinned Tickle Me Elmo doll, uh, three images of praying mantis eyes, uh, <laughs> someone who just posted pictures of their knees. Yo, can we put them on this? Yeah. What? 
Yeah, can, can you post those in, in the in the chat or something? I want to see them. Oh, yeah. There we go. Like, knees it's and a, elbows are always good. It's a whole thread. A pumpkin, uh, potatoes, soap bubbles, um, you know, freshly baked buns, a melon, That's cow awesome. udders, a uh, Michelangelo statue of David. Uh, yeah, it'd be funny if someone posted like I don't know Mike Pence or something, and he got flagged. <laughs> the fitzy. So it was. It was. It's a uh, yeah. It's definitely a, one of those things that like it's what happens when you have a knee jerk reaction to something, and you implement policy very like very poorly, really poorly thought um, out. Can you imagine 4chan doing this at some point in the past, saying that's it, no more? That's going to be a downfall. Yeah, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of people though, on Tumblr uploading uh, photos of, you know, there's a lot of artsy type people, I guess, uploading. And, and a lot of these algorithms are looking for, uh, which is why I asked about the sand things, like curves, skin colors, um, all shades. And yeah, so I guess that's the certain like uh, things that would meet the criteria. The fact that they're spe specifically looking for the shape of boobs, though, or nipples, that's, uh, like, yeah. the eyes set off. That's that's kind of weird, like, because, I mean, there's, I don't, I'm not sure that's in the uh, hot dog, not hot dog <laughs> government algorithms, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's no replacement for just good old, like, community moderation. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Maybe when you have that amount of content, though. Yeah, yeah that's stuff a lot of it. Oh, man. Like, so Facebook crazy. has some algorithmic stuff going on. If you upload some photos, oh, yeah. they, they kind of get flagged. But I still think that gets forwarded and eyeball it first. There's some yeah. stuff that's well, automatically, exactly. automatically banned because they've already got a, a hash for that image or whatever. But um, there, there are some images that I've uploaded, completely innocent images that I've uploaded to Facebook that have been flagged, and then the flag went away. And I'm what was that all about? So maybe oh, yeah. think that somebody manually ticked it and said this is not adult content. Um, is the whole story about Tumblr yet? Like, is the whole story about why they got booted and how they're related to CP? Like, how is all that like mixed together? I don't get it. They got banned <laughs> from the iOS store. Child pornography. Well, yeah, but why? Like that? Obviously, there was there's always going to be a small amount on any file sharing service. I think it's like, like DZ was saying, it's, there's a lot of like, it's a lot of um, teens on there that post like erotic stuff um, of themselves even. Like, yeah. Think about think, yeah, the thing is, right. Their user base is like a lot of younger, uh, younger users. And a lot of those users post photos of themselves. It's all quite um, silly. Like, most of the kids yeah, but that, like that's always time. been yeah. the argument. To but like, uh, so what about that? There was that episode of Silicon Valley where they uh, underestimated their user base, and it was like ninety nine percent little kids and like one percent old dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of creepy, it even if true. it's innocent. Even if the guys on there, it's be because he ha he curates a. Anamu waifu pillow Tumblr account, it's still kind of creepy. I was, I was, uh, 
I was about to say that um, it's kind of it's kind of silly because Tumblr's got its old user base that have been there for years, but younger kids these days are more likely to use instant, real time, peer to peer kind of transferring <laughs> services. Dude, police website. Think about the amount like of TV that's going across Snapchat and Instagram. Like, it's yeah, yeah. add up. There's something that doesn't add up here. Well, yeah, so it's because uh, that's not public facing. Like, that's right. Something gets archived. Yeah. So you know what is weird though. I will say this. Um, I was thinking about for stuff like Snapchat or, or you know Instagram Stories, things like that, where people can send you know very quick disappearing disappearing in quotes messages. Um, I took a picture one time of a movie premiere um, of like the screen of a movie and Snapchat wouldn't let me post it. This huh. was a couple of years ago, but I, I kept trying to do it over and over again. It did not work. Um, so I don't know if there's any sort of filtering in place for that, but I mean, definitely I feel like more places are going to try to include filtering of some sort, whether or not they're transparent about it. But uh, I would keep an eye out for that. Everybody who uses these services, because this it's it was Facebook, right, who implemented the – if you upload the meme images, they would not um, – they would get flagged regardless of whatever they were. And then people started making, like, the single – like, the videos, the single-frame videos. And then they started doing the, uh, like, triangles over the video, like, transparent triangles moving over the video to, like, see the meme. So, like – I wonder if that, that tech, like those techniques, will start getting just applied to Tumblr. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking. Just say algorithm war. Oh, it's like yeah, it's like people fighting against the algorithm. I feel like and we're going like to see a rise of people using clever editing techniques to just continue to fight these automatic filtering systems. I mean, yeah, That's you see it for a long time. Do. You used to see it on like YouTube where people upload songs, right? It'd be like, oh, how many fucking, how much percentage? Do have to pitch bend this in order for the, to not hit the algorithm. I watched a video today that had text overlaid on the <clears throat> on the Disney movie that it was taking clips from, color filtered, color grading, and uh, different clippings of the screen. It was just like oh, yeah. five layers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I once heard a story watching Hamtaro like that. It's really it's really depressing, actually. I was just gonna say it's really bleak and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> this is I have to watch. I have to watch a deep fried TV show every time. Like, uh, but yeah, but before we go too far into this, we should keep going because we have a lot more news. Um, so the next one here is something that people have been talking about a lot. Uh, the most interesting aspect of this is the the selling aspect of so somebody is claiming to sell a mass printer hacking service or hijacking service uh and so there's been a bunch of talk about this uh somebody who shall not be named um used a very very wide or well-known public tool to send a message about pewdiepie to uh a picture that was available to them on shodan um and in that same time, in the span of time, like a couple of days since that became public, uh, somebody had set up a service to do printer advertising for, quote, guerrilla marketing. And so uh, this is like the, probably one of the most, or oh, MG, I'm going to have to meet you for a second, sorry. Um, 
I feel like this is probably one of the bleakest things I've seen of just mon strictly monetizing printers. Uh, it's super invasive. It's probably one of the most invasive things you can do. Um, and it's super annoying. And oh. the fact that nobody has done anything to stop having printers just be open by default on the internet well, with a public think about IP. Fax think about fax machines. Yeah. They're open by default on the PSTN. And That's true. at some point in the 80s, people were fax bombing and selling advertising over fax, just like this. Yeah. Um, so, we made a decision at some point, like, if you want to receive faxes, you just have to uh, live with the fact that three out of four of them are going to be garbage. Um, that is true. The thing is, it was they, never... more secure problem. environments would like whitelist, whitelist people they're expecting to receive faxes from or do something more secure than that. Thing so, legal no matter what we do, there'll be people that leave printers open because for whatever reason, libraries and stuff, they'll just leave. Yeah. Um, I think Google Cloud though as well, like cloud print. Um, I know that I'm way too lazy to like configure a printer. So I just turn my printer on and Google does some shit and then I print and then I turn the fucking thing off because I don't trust it. Yeah. What are you saying, Dan? Most most of these public uh, facing printers are because it's universities and other very large networks that have been assigned like a class A and they effectively have so many freaking IP addresses. Literally every device they own gets a public IP address. That's just yeah. how they run their shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's interesting that there's immediately after this was done, because this, is, this isn't a new thing at all. This has been done multiple times. Um, oh yeah, well, I think the selling of the service is part of the troll. Uh, whether there's actually anyone behind it that's trying to make money out of it, I don't know. But sounds like something we'd come up with, you know, late at night while chatting well, as a joke, just to make a point. <laughs> so here's the yeah, other yeah. thing, though, is that one of the things that was pretty annoying was that I saw that I was talking to Load this morning, and somebody had put out a fake ad claiming to be from PrinterAdvertising.com for Load's radio show. Um, and saying that like he was responsible for it and it was brought to them by printer advertising and it was just a full-on just ad that was just spamming uh printers um and so we'll go uh because load is load's a good dude we didn't want to uh say that we wanted to make the record clear that he didn't do that and there's people that might also do that for other creators um because this this was sparked initially or this this wave of mass printing was sparked by youtube drama basically and so it's one of those things to look out for if you're seeing stuff like this uh be, i guess question who might have sent it and why um so yeah that's all i gotta say about that <laughs> yikes i hope um, uh pootie comes out and says something against it Lately, he's been getting a bit, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with that guy lately, actually. He's a bit salty. <laughs> I don't think no, he's going to see it. Yeah. But, I mean, I looked at the search today. They're on port 9100. Uh, there's f over 500,000 results on Shodan. Um, so. Once yeah. one starts getting involved, <laughs> that's when it starts, like, getting prosecuted. So we'll yeah. actually see it turn into a yeah. Like it hasn't been prosecuted. What, financial, what it has to cause or demonstrate financial damage in some way or another. So one of these big universities might say, "What the hell? We've had five hundred printers get attacked. That's costing us out. tens of thousands." Yeah, I, I, maybe I like, I like this paragraph. 
at the bottom of the page, the website also links to the Instagram of Simon Smith, an Australian uh, cybersecurity investigator. Oh my god! <laughs> ten out of ten. Of that is this is if that's not troll enough, they that just adds. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, somebody just. Sorry, someone just brought this up too in the chat. Uh, the data program, um, they, I forgot about this. The printer printers update their firmware via print jobs, um, which includes things like uh, you know DNS settings and other things. Uh, so yeah, I feel like printers would just be remotely owned in mass, um, and I feel like the fact oh. that more people are looking at it and trying to monetize it as they do because it's fucking twenty eighteen. Um, Doing it for the views and the fucking bitcoins. Um, yeah. Well, just... yeah. Now that I see that that um, Simon Smith thing in the bottom of the article, it was just pointed out. I'm pretty sure I know who's responsible for this. Yeah, I, I have an idea too, but it's fucking insane. <laughs> Why isn't Thug Crow being sued by him yet? Because <laughs> <laughs> so we don't make money. <laughs> Yeah. I think that with, with the printer thing, um, like with printers in general, like being able to push uh, like the, those settings, like is that over like PostScripts? Like is that the, is it just the same shit? I forget. That's a DEF CON talk. It's the what the facts talk, I think. Uh, they discuss it, but I forget which one. Um, but yeah, it was just like, the way that you update firmware. If you could do that, then like, there's no reason that you can't make a, you know, basically am an amplification attack out of printers, you know. Oh, absolutely. Like, since these are all open on the internet, like it's it's been known for a long time that when you're on on an engagement with like network segmentation, like just, mm -hmm. just bounce your packets off the printer. Hey, I'm the printer guy. Yeah, I, as soon as kid gonna come around. Yeah. That's gonna be fucked up. Like, if they can imagine an amplification attack or a botnet from it, that's gonna be easy. When they think just out of their meta, there's a lot of device or other thing that they they could do the same as IoT. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean they're they're running a pretty basic operating system that is pretty well known now from researchers. So arbitrarily putting anything on them wouldn't be something that some random kid could do but it would definitely be something that, that somebody who knows better uh would definitely be able yeah. to do they often contain like you know domain credentials or snmp community mm -hmm. strings yeah they have auth they like have auth stuff. stuff to do they do any sort of like authentication to the domain um a lot of printers are doing that they have like you know kerberos and other things where that people actually have to auth to it to print uh, so yep. yeah, that's definitely VoIP, a pivot like VoIP pivot. services. They have VoIP credentials and stuff, so you can yep. send factors across the internet. That kind of stuff. absolutely. So yeah, they're definitely they're definitely an attack vector that's really interesting. Uh, but for now, I feel like they'll be memed into oblivion. So check your toner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the next thing that we have here, actually, uh, Ian Coldwater, I'm glad you're here because uh, the the next article in our news was about the first major. Or, is it the first major security no. hole discovered in Kubernetes? I didn't. Th I didn't. Th close. Th I thought that was pretty misleading, but I'm like, I uh, okay. <laughs> I it's like, it's, it's quite possible that it was the first that author had heard of, but no. Um, <laughs> even if you're counting <laughs> numbers and any number of things, nah. Uh, yeah, the first a, a pretty major security hole in Kubernetes got discovered this week. Um, the the vulnerability is kind of bananas. It allows people both authenticated and unauthenticated users 
backdoor administrative access to Kubernetes clusters. Um, and it can't be detected very easily in logs. Um, there's been some confusion about whether or not it's a local privilege escalation or a remote code execution. And the answer is that it's both um, because of the way that Kubernetes works. And because this one is both, uh, you can do it with RCE if you can access the cluster externally, and you can do it as a local privilege escalation if you can access a cluster internally that isn't exposed. Okay. Now, do you know, I guess, what sort of, how is this actually leveraged? Is there a specific service that um, people might have? Is it like, is this like, I guess, a general thing or is this something that's application specific based on your use case? Um, it, uh, I was mid thought there. Um, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it, it depends on using aggregated API servers, which is more common in older versions, but tends okay. to be the older versions that can be found in the wild. Um, everything okay. under 1.10 is unpatchable for it. Um, patches, 1.13 just came out like yesterday. Um, patches are now out for uh, 110, 111, 112. Um, so if you're not using an aggregated API server, uh, your clusters won't be affected. Um, also, if you are only using the admin account and no user accounts, role-based access controller, or anything else, then you can't use uh, you can't use it as an LPE because you cannot privilege escalate if everybody is admin. <laughs> Very true. So with this. Uh... A little bit like from what I could glean, uh, it was there's there's required uh, a, a HTTP request or a WebSocket request through the Cube proxy. So, as an attacker on the outside of the cluster, you would need an SSRF internally to in the application in a application that's running within the cluster in order to leverage it, right? Um, so I think an important thing to note is how Kubernetes works, um, especially historically, which is that it all of it is API-based. Um, like that is how the networking communication historically gets done. Um, and so it's not that you need like to hijack API access. It's that if your Kubernetes cluster is running such that communication is happening via um, this system of APIs, which as I said, historically is actually just how it works, then uh, you know, if you have access to those APIs, whether it's because they're externally exposed and you're looking at them as an attacker or because you're already in the cluster for some other reason, um, yeah. as for example, a lower privileged user, uh, then it will just, that, that, that's how the communication happens. You don't have to hijack it. So is during... it like parameter smuggling along like an existing web socket? Um, from client to server, or is it like like a new line injection or something? Um, yeah, I thought it was I can't like really a, get the details from it. I thought it was a, like a, a HTTP pipelining like injection, like where you have multiple requests. Yeah. Sort of Somehow keeping be, alive yeah. that connection and, and crafting up another API request. So um, if but it it only it only authenticates on like establishing the connection to the API, or um, I'm trying to understand like why is there no uh, why is there no token with each API call some kind of authentication token or OAuth or there there is and and the the wild thing about this exploit is that 
the kubelet and different things that use the access control and the way that Kubernetes has historically scoped that access control is through this particular part of the server. So and basically so, you do not store the token properly. Yeah. Um, and so because you're allowed to create these kinds of things, then um, it, uh, I'm, I'm really not very smart right now. I have a terrible cold right now. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else talk for <laughs> a second. Maybe I'm going to so, get myself so like a cookie that's being sent by a browser automatically in the background if you can if you can session write or you know cross-site scripting or something and you can make that browser make a request on your behalf it's, it's happily sends a token along on your behalf that's what i'm thinking so well, i guess server -side request like, forgery gets the server to send its token to the api and without SSRF, and i think if, you, if you're making a request inbounds to you're still going through the proxy an inbound request to the kubelet. Yeah, um, it's. I think if you're thinking about it as a web browser, it makes sense if you're thinking about it as an API, but I think the moving parts involved are a little bit different. Um, so you want to, uh, you can, there, there is an API server that allows you to have administrative access. You can make it so that if you, um, perform an API request against that thing and the token matches, which it can in this case, then you can do anything within the cluster. That's um, because pod execution, attach port forward, everything else are included in the RBAC permissions for namespace constrained users. But if you do this, you are the namespace constrained user. So it just makes you admin. That's um, good. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a, a um, similar um, configuration of Docker that might expose the same kind of fundamental issue? Not really, because the reason why Kubernetes exists is because these kinds of communications, if you are just using Docker without an orchestrator, can be really difficult between containers. Um, and so a lot of the, you could see this with the previous CVEs about Kubernetes too, there isn't really an equivalent because it's like, well, there's layers. And so this layer talks to this layer, talks to this layer, talks to this access control. And um, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm so dumb to take off. Thank you for coming on again and uh, explaining Kubernetes. <laughs> We're all just like uh, token and... Uh... <laughs> There's yeah. there's a lot happening there, and I was just peeking while I was like uh, at the the CVE write up, which just got like three times as long. So I was trying oh, to read yeah. and talk at the same time. Um, <laughs> no worries. Um, you, go ahead. I mean, if we, if we just look you, at the score, we're at nine point eight, right? So we basically tick all the boxes to for remote exploits, etc. If yeah. you're at nine point eight, you need to upgrade to at least ten, like yesterday. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, um, not CVSS score uh, of 9.8. Oh, it's a CVS what? score of 9.8, yes. Um, and people, as I said, were confused about that because people were like, it's a local privesk, like what's your problem? And <laughs> it's because it is all of the things because the, the way that the API servers work, they just, that those are the things that make everything go. So, um, so it, it could be both and that's why. And uh, I don't know, I don't have the data access as to how many people updated in the last day, but like 10.0 is pretty high 
for everything below it to be unpatchable. Like when I was doing talks in July about how you shouldn't be on 1.6, like half the audience was on 1.6, you know? Um, so I suspect that there's going to be a fair amount of stuff in the wild floating around that's affected by this for probably a while. Nice. Is there active, uh, active exploits out for this? Uh, not one that is being shared. <laughs> so that's it. That's a yes. <laughs> well, um, all right. Yeah. Thanks again, though, for coming on and explaining to us because I, yeah, we were just kind of glazed over that. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Um, my apologies for having a terrible cold. Uh, no, okay. If, if Google that's uh, running big Kubernetes managed clusters for people, um, I'm going to assume that Google are in on the embargo. You should probably check, but I would I would assume that what is, my actual Google thing is listening to me. Stop. GPA, uh, not GPA. Oh my goodness. G All right. G I'm the worst right now. Uh, Google Cloud Platform has already patched for it. Azure has already patched for it. I have not heard that EKS, which is AWS's Kubernetes offering, has patched for it. OpenShift has patched for it. Um, I assume that AWS has. I just haven't heard anybody talking about it. Uh, so if you're on a cloud provider, Certainly, if you're on a cloud provider that isn't AWS, you're fine. Um, if you're rolling your own, you should get on that. Because, yeah. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to get my mute off. Um, anybody here who's, there's been a lot of questions about Kubernetes in the chat while we're discussing this, everybody check out episode 35 of Bug Crowd, where Ian Goldwater actually explains Kubernetes and container security to us. It's an awesome episode that you should definitely watch if you have any questions about it. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get into the next story um, real quick so we can kind of finish up some of this because we had a lot of news still. Uh, the next one is actually really funny. Uh, well, I thought it was funny, and I shared it in my work Slack, thinking that it was, oh, it was a cool exploit. You know, I just shared the POC. And then hours later, there's just a, like a full-on, like, everybody in the company from, like, the, the top brass puts out a, an advisor saying, everybody must update their Zoom clients immediately, like critical vulnerability. I'm like, oh, I was just like, I don't know. I thought it was just like really cool, but then I forgot that like people care about not getting hacked. Um, so yeah, basically Zoom has a really interesting bug where you can, well, it's like a, you can make requests to the chat if you know the username and the local IP or the IP of the person. Um, and you can do stuff like control their screen if they're sharing the screen and um, like send keys to it as well as end the entire meeting, spoof chats and other fun stuff. Um, oh, spoof chats, that's nice. Yeah, it's literally like everything that's from, I guess, I don't know, much like people were, some people were comparing it to AIM and some other just random IRC and, and, and old bugs. But yeah, this is definitely big because Zoom is is everywhere. People use it all over the place for corporate meetings, for internal meetings, for internal trainings. Um, and just by knowing somebody's username, which is public, uh, and knowing the internal IP, which if you're on the corporate LAN, then you probably could guess, um, you could use it to actually just control other people's computers. Um, I think that like you imagine a scenario where there's like one of those like all hands meetings, right? There's like hundreds and hundreds of maybe thousand people plus in a meeting and the CEOs and then in the text chat, the CEO just says like, fuck you guys. Well, so like, I was actually working on, <laughs> I was working on, on a, on a thing while this is, I was 
my lunch break, I was just trying to uh, to test it somewhere so I could um, spam the Venga Boys uh, boom boom song <laughs> as a. Uh, but I yeah I I didn't everyone patched before I finished. Um, <laughs> damn it, they always do that. Um, but yeah, no, definitely interesting thing to look at um, and check out because it's you know if you if you use Zoom, please update. It's easy to do. You can do it within the menu and just update the check for updates and grab the next the latest one is is Zoom based on on something like a library or matrix or in purple or something I'm or not sure. there? there's ah. actually a lot of clients like ring central and uh uh blue jeans and some other ones that all seem to use the same protocol so i'm not exactly sure if those are effect or not yeah um, i think well, i just I think saw the udp like a... and i'm thinking web rtc udp issue that's what alerted my brain when i read that article um yeah maybe. like web rtc is uh, like the the media streaming protocols are pretty much all the same but i think it's going to be a case of uh the transport that they're using and then like the you know if it's just pushing udp data maybe the packet is just the header like you know what somebody says and then below it like you know the yeah. contents of what they're saying the json object or something and some some um someone man in the middling this client would have seen like plain text in the body of udp messages and thought i wonder if i change those and just resend them does that show up yeah. yes it does <laughs> i think it's something very simple yeah 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 I, I, but whereas the amazing that this wouldn't get itself, picked up yeah yeah, they're probably unlikely to be directly affected. It's more just the management around all of the. Yeah. Um, I actually I want to say that... Zoom needs to get audited a little bit. I mean, Skype has these kind of dumb bugs all the time. So um, I, I think Zoom needs a little bit more attention from exploit devs. Yeah, I did look at it for a little bit and it was just. Yeah, I didn't end up getting far with it. I realized that what I was looking at was just the launcher that launches the actual app. There's two X EXEs that are on uh -huh. Windows. And so I was like, oh, this is just launching URI. And then I'm just like, okay. So it's actually, I don't That's know why. Discord works. Yeah. yeah There's just a bunch Discord. of random applications that just launch each other. And you're just like, oh, as you get to the end of it, you finally look at the last executed syscall. It's just a uh, call to open this URI. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's skip ahead real quick though. Um, I wanted to talk about this industrial espionage campaign that leverages AutoCAD based malware. This is actually really interesting. Um, there, people are trying to do, you know, basic industrial espionage on people who are hardware designers by sending malicious AutoCAD files, um, which is pretty interesting because <laughs> that's, that's. I was under the impression that the malware was modifying existing AutoCAD. So this is they're sending new AutoCAD files. Yeah, they're sending AutoCAD files that are um, that are basically just malicious. Oh, they have yeah. links to websites and other stuff in there. I actually would like to see a, a an example of them because I haven't really played with AutoCAD stuff, but I know people that do, and it'd be interesting to see how they actually are able to load stuff because I mean they're very complicated files, and so they're going to have a lot of information is very densely packed that you're like if you look at the schematics to, for a car or a, or like a, a whole server blade if you were to look at an autocad file for that i wouldn't be able to point out anything in there you know so it's probably I mean, very difficult see, to actually see i want to see like something that finds like a known pattern in autocad like where you design a specific 
you know, uh, pattern between like a bunch of linked objects and then the malware detects it and just like swaps them around. So it, it always catches fire. So, you know. mm-hmm. Yeah. Think, so apparently it'd be the top tier AutoCAD hacking. Apparently there's a, like it uses a scripting engine inside AutoCAD. It's a fast load auto lisp. Oh, auto lisp. So, uh, yeah. Oh. Dash is saying in the chat that uh, what? Sorry. Uh, it just that's if if someone's actually sending like malicious AutoCAD files to target engineers specifically, that's super targeted. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, even sending somebody miss like like incorrect AutoCAD files is also pretty pretty bad as well. Just uh, turn off this uh, cryptographic uh, you know link to the CPU for like CRC checking or whatever. Uh, just redirect those to ground, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, Dash was saying in the chat that um, it's very similar to how PDF works, where you can tuck extra things in an AutoCAD file. Um, there's lots of padding, and you can access them with different pointers. So right. interesting, though. I'd never thought of that, but that's awesome. I well, not awesome. Is, uh, get it, but... Where AutoCAD fuzzing needs to people need to start stop buzzing those different formats because i'm sure the handlers are not like the libraries that handle them are not the uh not the same as you know, in the case of adobe for example you know they just throw patch yeah yeah they don't necessarily use the latest version of like zlib or whatever maybe they lose the latest version of ZLib, but you know some obscure library they're using may not be up to date mm-hmm. nested vulnerability hello yeah, anytime you have a file parser, you have something that's vulnerable. <laughs> um, yeah, the next the, one. Uh, we... Wait, what? The, the SMB ports on routers, just just real quick, because this is an okay, old sure. tech. Mm-hmm. So you were saying that you did it in the. So you, when I say you, I I, I mean, uh, he was. He mentioned that he did it in the OSCP, like just recently on an old machine, like UPnP NAT forwarding, right? Straight up. Yeah. Uh, no, it was definitely the laziest, probably most shameful way that I brewed a box, but yeah. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> when this, this is like these types of attacks were like super, super new. Um, but looking at the exploit for some of these newer routers, it looks like there's actually memory corruption involved. Um, but UPnP is still exposed, which if you just firewalled that off to the LAN interface, you'd probably just you know event uh, prevent all of this uh, all this stuff. But I, I just think it's interesting. Twenty eighteen, same technique, uh, or same same target, I guess, similar technique. You know, you basically want to take port forwarding service and create dodgy NAT rules so that you can get inside the network. Like, why isn't this fixed yet? Twenty years later, we're still going. I That's think the cool. phrase is "we out here." Um, yeah, I'm grabbing a drink real quick. But yeah, no, that's definitely um, interesting stuff. Using what uh, they believe to be Eternal Blue, which is definitely yeah, Eternal Blue and Eternal Red. That's our tax dollars at work there. But see, um, that's um, but the thing with the 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 admin shares and whatever, like just pull point.
Mm-hmm. Someone else has the 12th commandment. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Start using did. the phrase your tax dollars at work every time anyone talks about uh, eternal blue what now. What I didn't what I didn't find in the article or in the discussion around this um from Akamai was after opening up the, the port, did they see a follow-up attack immediately against SMB? And it doesn't seem like they did. Um so could this just be a spray like like a ransomware guys like uh, figured out a way to to pop open SMB ports on order Soho routers? So he figured he'd do that as a way to give back to the community. Um, or is there actually he's a targeted opening, attack that follows up? He's not open. Is it? Is it actually the? I thought he was. I thought these were dirty NAT tables. So they were using UPnP to poison the NAT table and then hit the machines behind. Yeah, or yeah, effectively. But there is a, the, furthermore, Akamai believes hackers deploy uh, a you know, targeting Linux subsystems for Samba. So that would then go, okay, well, maybe they're also attacking uh, file sharing services on the router themselves. You know, you plug a USB stick into a router, it shares it over, uh, you know, whatever. But at that oh, point, maybe. if you've got... You've got code execution through UPnP. I don't. I don't think you need to well, go. Well, maybe that. I don't think they do. I don't know if they do have code execution through UPnP. So opening up other ports to the router itself that you do have a vulnerability for is viable. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I did read uh, one or two exploits that were uh, definitely code execution. They weren't just making the UPnP requests, and they Did this sound nation steady or? No, like they just, no, no, the, 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 like these are on exploit DB and you can look at them. They're, no, they're I'm talking about the, um, the actual article we're talking about right now, the Akamai attack. Is, I, is that a nation state attack? I don't think so. Hacking team? What about the Spanish cookie thing that they put in the payload? I don't think it's. Maybe it's just some Spaniards. I'm not. I'm not convinced this is nation state. I think it's it's a it's an op for sure. But I think if it, if it was nation state, they would go after something. You know, the, the bigger fit to gain all this in the end, anyway. Like you know, with with uh, things like TR69 and and over the air firmware updates, like there's no reason they couldn't just go over the OTA server and push out like whatever. I keep not being able to turn on my turn off my my uh, mute. Um, so yeah, uh, it's uh, ten thirty now here. Uh, definitely wanted to discuss one last thing before we talk to uh, uh, Dual Core and MIT Cracker. Um, so it's the end of our thing, at the end of our uh, notes. That is, it says LOL or E. Um, post that again in chat here. That is Rudy Giuliani accidentally like making a link to g-20.in and somebody just registering that domain and just making it say Donald Trump is a traitor to our country. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things that I've seen in a while because he also replies with, Twitter allowed someone to invade my text with a disgusting anti-president message. The same thing, period, no space, occurred later and it didn't happen. Don't tell me they are not committed card-carrying anti-Trumpers. Time Magazine may fit that description. Fairness, please. So regardless of what 
the message itself is, it's just a really funny execution of somebody just buying a domain that a public figure accidentally tweets because they just didn't properly space their tweet, pro you know, and then also getting mad saying that it's like a political, like, hit job. How is how how this Twitter you made? He's the cyber I don't <laughs> just remember yeah, that this man so was appointed fun. like cyber czar or whatever yes too, that is right? the best part is that he is literally the, the, he was on that commercial for like the what is it I think it was experience this is why internet is great <laughs> yeah but yeah so this man is in charge of our cybersecurity. his uh, Joomla site you can visit it is uh, amazing so check it out um, and yeah it's a Joomla cybersecurity site which is very old Joomla but <laughs> yeah, so um, definitely interesting. Make sure, I guess, when you're making a tweet that you want to sync in, don't make any uh, accidentally have any unregistered domains in there because people will register them because I'm pretty sure g-20.io is probably like $3. The guy literally Speaking just forgot of, uh, his space. That was his downfall right there. He just forgot And you can take like yeah. coupon everywhere, discount, promo code. You get like fifty percent, twenty. The domain's gonna be. Cheap. Yeah. I think another thing for people to look at as well, like if you are looking into this sort of thing uh, a little bit. There is the list of upcoming expiring domains, and uh, it's been like, yeah, like there was a, a while where uh, Google had the the grandfathered G Suite accounts, so you could just look for the expiring domains that have MX records to Gmail, and then like buy that domain for a dollar. And then you end up with a lifetime yeah. uh, G Suite. That's a, just like a game right now, uh, RuneScape. OSRS, basically, there's a third party client, RuneLite. There's someone that did start buying every country TLD, and he sent basically a malware. And I think if you look news, there's at least over 1K people that got infected by that and the guys you can see picture like he steal the money from their paypal everything <laughs> that's pretty like people need to check what they're typing and which website they visit absolutely that's typo squatting all that is literally just the crux of a lot of what we do um oh you can also check out capital i y y a i n which links to this stream um so yeah lots of things like that um call 911 i've been shot um uh so yeah uh but that's it for news um we have quite a bit so if you didn't get to check out we didn't get to cover everything so definitely check out some of the funnier stories that are here and the good reads and the lols and the last in the gas um so yeah let's get into our our our, our special guests here uh in uh whitey cracker hi Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hello. Huge fan, Hello. by the way. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. This is going great. It's going really oh, great. Yeah, we're <laughs> nerds and we're surrounded by famous people. Don't uh... actually. <laughs> so. We're just good at rapping, not at conversation. Sorry. But that's not yeah. normally how rappers introduce themselves, in my experience. Are they going to rap for us? They don't just go, right, hi. So, hot, 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 yo, 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 welcome to Sway in the Morning, Hot 97, you know what it is. Gunshot. 
Yeah. So welcome to the Breakfast Club. Um, thank you for joining us here. Um, so yeah, um, we kind of just wanted to talk to you and just riff about things because you guys are. We wanted to do more highlights of people who are both part of hacker culture as well as people who make music and media and also are actually about that life, uh, so to say, um, because we see a lot of things in the media and a lot of things in general where we just laugh at how people portray hackers and, and all that. And I just wanted to get you guys' take. I guess we can go from there. Um, actually, uh, can we go back to the, uh, the Twitter uh, inadvertent link from Giuliani? Do you guys Absolutely. remember when you could do domain tasting and you could like register a domain name and it like you could have it free for some period of time and then decide whether or not you wanted to keep it. And uh, I think it was like Network Solutions was registering every domain name that got searched through their site. So uh, the, like the break was like some guy registered. So you register everything that I search.com or something like that. And then uh, he had, you know, like all of these like Network Solutions, hostkittyporn.com and everything. And they were all like registered to Network Solutions. And then like nice. the like amazing like turn on that was the, because the headline was, so you register everything I search.com. Somebody actually went and bought the domain and they put up like a bunch of ads on it and made a bunch of money. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, this is like classic thing. And it's just, it's funny to see how it plays out for somebody who just tweets something like that when could delete the tweet and, and you know redo it but i guess it's there yeah Although for sure. I'm not sure he can because he's like it's public record so i don't know if he can actually delete tweets i know trump can't anymore and he can't block people so uh, uh -huh. yeah <laughs> good way to just uh keep a keep an eye keep an eye out for that kind of thing filthy fucking text intruders <laughs> okay so sorry going going back to the uh original questions uh, I forget what you guys yeah, asked I mean, something we're, about. We're Do we like rap music or I like rap music? About your, what you guys do um, outside of it. Cause I know a lot of people know you guys as rappers, but I've also know you guys as DEFCON speakers and, you know, bug bounty hunters and CTFers and hackers, you know? So it's just, I guess you guys want to, I don't know who wants to start. Uh, just tell us a little bit about, a little bit about yourself for people who don't know. Uh, my name's Int80. I'm the rapper in a group called Dual Core. I hack computers for a living and make rap music about it. Uh, and you just got off a big tour? That was yeah. good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tour was good. I didn't die, so that was, that was the bonus. Plus, <laughs> not that this is a good bonus. Who, who were you on tour with? I was on tour with uh, two other rappers, MC Chris, um, who you uh, listeners might know from Shows like uh, Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, uh, C Lab, and uh, and then his like extensive discography, and then uh, Lex, the Lexicon artist, who is a relative newcomer to the scene of nerdcore, but she is ambitious and driven and uh, super energetic on stage as well. I like her; she's a cool girl. I got the pleasure of meeting her like whatever a few weeks ago. She's cool. It was good seeing you too, man. It's good seeing the mustache. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> happy to, uh, happy to, uh, happy to be around. <laughs> so I guess um, there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff you guys jam seem to be able to jam into track 
that I think got like you know like a lot of a lot of nerd people are listening and I guess the demographic of of thug crowd is is maybe some of those people that would get the references but uh I feel like not not everybody not everybody gets it. So like most of your inspiration you, you mentioned like it comes from hacking lol. Um, like what what are what are some scenarios that you can think of that like specifically like drove you to be like I gotta write a song about? That? Uh, one that's related to both of us actually is a song on our on the dual core fourth album. Uh, the song is called I Remember. And uh, the album's called Next Level. But on the I Remember track, uh, both Whitey Cracker and I rap about uh, old AOL stuff. That was kind of like where we grew up as kids. And um, I remember the first time I met Whitey Cracker, uh, we were just like, it was like Nerdapalooza 2008. We were playing Orlando, Florida. And we were talking about, somehow I got to talking about AOL stuff. And uh, he pulls up this CNET article on his iPhone. And it's like about him hacking into... Chris, which uh, was uh, CRIS, which was like the, I think, internal like customer uh, service system or something. And so, um, you know, like a, a lot of it comes from just uh, shenanigans and past experiences. And some of it's, you know, uh, artistic liberty piecing together certain storylines or segments. I co-sign that. That's accurate. How often are you guys putting uh, bits of technical info within there that might be not necessarily privileged knowledge, but I don't know. You kind of know where I'm going with that. I, I yeah. used to be like really, I don't know, cagey about stuff, but it's like there's this shit that I would sprinkle in sometimes that I don't know. I need to do like a behind the music on a lot of tracks because they are, there's, things that are just super super insidey joke that like only like five or six people get and it's cool to see people try to like interpret it on rap genius or something like that but <laughs> there are some things that are like really funny that i was admitting to a crime and i just wait until sexual <laughs> limitations goes away or something so uh, yeah but uh i think that's fun too I, i'm pretty sure the rappers of the street variety do this as well but uh all sorts of stuff Yeah, I I don't have any like O'Day in in my rap. My raps are all actually meaningless, and I just write songs that I think sound good, and then I let the uh, listeners interpret the meaning. Um, when I was when I was in like high school, uh, I remember being in English class, and the teacher was like, "What did the author mean by this?" And I'm like, I, you know, wrote like this is what I got out of it. This is why I think you know, pointing to like other pieces of of. Uh, other paragraphs or whatever from the literature to, to like provide context and the teacher's like no this is wrong you know this isn't what the author meant and i'm like how do you know like are you the author like you don't know what the author meant yeah. and so uh so anyways i you know at that point i was like i can write whatever i want and anybody's going to interpret nice. it however they want so there is no meaning in any dual form yeah. whatever you get out of it is what you get out of it nice i mean you know um, a few like uh ten hat commandments right that's pretty pretty explicit yeah, I guess so. That that's cool. And I, I um, you know, like I, it's funny because I talked to the the Gruck about it, and um, and he was like, "Do you want me to help you write this?" And I'm like, "Uh, no. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I have more experience writing rap songs than you do." But you know, I, I got it. And, and then like I put the song out uh, sometime later. I'd actually talked to him about it like years before, and I just like never got around to recording it. And uh, and then you know he was just like, "Oh man, like that was." That was amazing. You did great. You know, he's like, I was worried you were going to like 
write something awful and get some kids arrested or something. <laughs> no, like why would I do that? Like I need all the hackers I can get. <laughs> have faith in the process, man. That's that's real big rock, man. You gotta respect. Nice. Uh, why do you, it was your comment that to, to someone in the last I don't know recently uh, that was like if you if you want to go to jail, listen to me. If you want to get a job, go listen to eighty. Eighty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah, that's good. So I saw in the chat, um, Jack had a, a question that was uh, just curious. How do you guys find the wordplay to incorporate tech and hacking topics into your in your flow? And um, I think for me, like I sometimes it's just like me, like kind of freestyling randomly and some kind of like weird sounding cadence comes out and I like it and I go with it. Uh, a, lo a lot of it, I think, uh, comes from just like talking to other people. Right. And we like joke around between friends. And like, you'll just say something silly. Like, for example, I used to, this isn't like tech related, but I used to live in uh, just south of San Francisco in a, in a city called San Bruno. But like, we would, I would call it San Bueno because I thought it was funny, you know, and then like all my friends started calling it San Bueno. So, you know, a lot of my like wordplay stuff, I think just generally comes out of goofing off and talking to people and being stupid all the time. I guess uh, you also had a track that was, I guess, like it was like a reverse cautionary tra uh, tale about uh, firing hackers who work for you and then uh, they get their revenge. Oh, yeah. Life's work. Life's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was an interesting take on it because, you know, like uh, most of the time, you know, it's the sort of the other way around. Like, don't be an evil hacker because you, you'll get in trouble. Whereas uh, it's a different story. Yeah, and uh, funny enough, uh, at the time that I released uh, that that song and that album, uh, the the employees that are named or were all like first names of employees that I worked with. <laughs> so uh, my man or like the director of the department, like he had got a copy of the album, and uh, and he was like, "Oh, I really like this song. Interesting that you know, like your three coworkers are the three like evil hackers in the song." And and uh, and then he like made some comment to somebody in a meeting once about like moving to Singapore or something. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> so how did the, uh, the track on watchdogs come about? Uh, there was a guy from Ubisoft, the game studio, uh, that made watchdogs too. He was at DEF CON. Um, and I can't remember which year it was, but it was, you know, like maybe a year and a half or two years, I think before the game came out. And uh, they hadn't announced, Ubisoft had not announced that they were even doing the game or anything. And he was just there getting, uh, doing research to, to like work into the game and the storyline. And somebody was taking him around and being like, you need to go to this village and you need to go to, to this talk and whatever. And then he was like, and you got to go see Dual Core. And, uh, and so the guy was at the show and he saw us play the show and he was just like, I need that in, in our game. And he emailed me like immediately after DEF CON and was like, Hey, I, I work at Ubisoft and uh, you can't tell anybody yet, but we're making Watch Dogs 2 and I really want to have your music in the game. Um, nice. Can we like move forward with this? And so then after that, it was like all NDAs and everything. And, uh, and so it was, it was just coincidental. Like a lot of the artists that we work with, that Whitey Cracker and I work with, they work hard to get their music into um, bigger platforms, right? They, you know, they're out there grinding, like trying to make industry contacts so that they can shop their music uh for deals into like games and movies and tv and mine was just totally coincidental and, and lucky uh funny enough 
Um, I think uh, a year after that, we were playing at uh, DerbyCon, and I think that they had announced that uh, Watch Dogs 2 was coming out, but they hadn't announced like any of the music in it. And um, I had just played a show with uh, Method Man and Red Man, and I was like, uh, I, I looked up my phone, and someone was like, had a screenshot of Watch Dogs 2 that had the like the MP3 player, the like you know the playlist, and it had uh, it had our our song in it, and they were like, oh my god, like dual core is in Watch Dogs 2. And I was like, like, I don't know where that screenshot came from. I, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen anything from Ubisoft saying it's okay to talk about it. And so I just had to completely ignore that post and be like, hey, look over here. I'm like chilling with Redman. I'm chilling with Method Man. You know, I go check this out instead. And then the next day Ubisoft was like, oh, hey, we're like super happy to announce that, uh, you know, Dual Core is, is involved in, um, in Watch Dogs 2. And so then I was able to like post about it. So it was, it was a pretty cool weekend. But that, that first screenshot leak, you know, had me nervous, like, oh man, are they going to suspect me and <laughs> like, nah, like pull the, pull the game or something? Yeah, I remember you were under embargo. Your opsec is really good. Like, you are you don't even share shit with yourself, I don't think. Do you talk, do you talk to yourself about anything? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, you can trust so, 80 with secrets, too. Uh, me, not so much. I'll blow the spot up. So, uh, yeah, keep that in mind, <laughs> too. Uh, so I guess, I guess it's interesting because like so watch watchdogs and watchdogs 2 were not um specifically games for hackers they were more you know the gta let me experience some element of hacking right for a wider audience which is something like i guess uh why do you know I've, I've spoken about before is like if you if you made a venn diagram of the people who truly understand like the technicals that like drop in into the tracks versus the people who just like the way it sounds i mean there's not a whole lot of crossover sometimes yeah well what what 80 said earlier too like about like the hustle and stuff like a lot of our contemporaries are super good about being prolific with the you know like the music they're putting out and then you know how much they're touring and who they're talking to and all this stuff but i'm really lazy uh I don't know if David's as lazy as I am. Like, I think he's actually pretty studious. But in that regard, like, I think that's another thing is because it's so boutique. I mean, even within nerdcore, like, it's very hard to reach out and across that and find that whatever. And we do have a very specific fan base, and it's not cheapened by the fact that like our music's got that different barrier to entry. And I personally like being hipster about that shit because it you immediately know like if you're talking to a fan that's any way decent that they pretty much have a uh like a brain like i can i can immediately assume that someone has like a a, a competent iq <laughs> understanding uh, if they are a fan of of mine or, or 80s music so helping that that's a good filtration system too um by being uh elitist and shitty people uh <laughs> I, gotta say, like, I, I gotta say though man uh meals you know, that that album definitely reached outside of the normal bubble man i saw like english lit majors i worked with getting into that album so when, when yeah, is the second one it was out? fire cool. i i love that album uh i'm like i said i it's a bittersweet for me because i is there some shit i still need to finish with that i feel like it's unfinished business um but technically and artistically is that's that was my favorite shit to do i um, feel like we so, need a uh, introducing meals too yeah that's, yeah man uh, when's it coming out well like there's been a few ideas i was kicking around the problem is is the political climate 
is like so <laughs> ridiculous that um, it's I can't I don't know like there's there was this entire story arc I would have had if like Bernie Sanders would have been elected or something and that didn't happen and uh, I should have known though like that, that it was gonna just be all fucked up like this because uh, yeah Donald Trump getting elected really fucked up my my musical career like that I, I blame him like I'm gonna put that in the papers i'm gonna have to hit up mueller and have someone a... has to be held i come well, for that right it's hard to write like a dystopian <laughs> fiction when it's already like yeah. it's already happening every single day like right it was hard to get ahead little, of the curve right yeah like where do i go from here exactly like how much crazier can i get um and there's like a lot of cool things in in the zeitgeist with black mirror and uh there's you know the new kind of writing prompts from reddit sort of stuff that people come up with some decent ideas and and i think like it's the i guess the technology impact on the human humankind is starting to be looked at a lot more favorably but uh i'm fairly certain that music like mine uh and 80s that uh, there's always going to be like a buried entry again, but the, it's so futuristic. Motherfuckers just don't even know. And I know a lot of rappers talk <laughs> about that, but like real talk, like there's just so much like pound for pound, like not like you could really get a master's degree in computer security. If you just like play like an album front to back uh, by one of us. So it's, it's really, uh, I don't know. We, I, I suck. I suck 80s dick. I suck my own dick. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a funny, like, it, it's funny, like you say that. And then on uh, a front, on the front album Zero Day, um, obviously the title track has has both of you guys on it. And now front generally is a less technical rapper. He like raps more about like video games and other nerd stuff, like other nerd life shit. <laughs> Yeah, that track, I mean, AD has, you know, push, pop, chain, auto, stack, frame, philo, file system, I know, it's all falls on my floor. Like, if you break that down out of that track and pull it out, and then you go like, wait, what does this actually mean? Well, like, what, what does this actually do? What, what, what is the process that is being described? I mean, that's pretty, I don't know, it's just like a, a really quick thing that kind of flies past by it. And you go back and go like, wait, what? The story behind that track is when we were on tour, I, when I was on tour front and Lars, uh, I was explaining what zero day meant like to front a lot. Cause he, he's got a very technical background and he's done like programming web design stuff and he's a super dope artist, but so he, he got it like immediately, but that's kind of where he just, that got into his ear. And then he was like, I'm gonna title my album that. And then, uh, obviously 80 and i were the obvious choices for that track but that was a lot of fun actually it happened at a really crazy time in my life uh there was a lot of shit going on but so i i have a different memory of shooting the video <laughs> and all that stuff but uh yeah that was that was dope that was really good 80 Dude, tell us about the video man fucking love yeah. that video but you were like yeah like cold beans there's a lot of shit. work behind that video yeah they, we were in north carolina like but i had just uh some shit with my business had just completely gone to shit like my best friend of 10 years fucking stabbed me in the back and stole all this money and it was like ridiculous like i was just at this low 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 point uh and i literally took like the 
some of the last money that I actually had access to to just fly out and make this video happen because I was going to originally just do it. I was going to do a green screen because I, I was like, I can't fucking think about this. I don't have the bandwidth for it right now, but it was good because AD and I were there and I'm trying to remember the names of the people that were doing it, but it was like some film students. Um, and I mean, they had like this, like a dolly rig and, you know, all the robot stuff that they'd made up um, and they'd storyboarded the video out pretty well. Uh, but it's uh, a video is is sick um and but it was a good time like that's the thing is it helped get my mind off all the shit that was going on and we had a good time shooting it uh, nice how, how long did that take it was like a day was, uh, i think it, yeah it was, it was two days it was like over over a weekend uh white tracker can i tell the story of picking you up at the airport uh, yeah but yeah you got you a thousand it? now <laughs> i don't know if i remember what happened <laughs> I, I drove to North Carolina because I was living in Cincinnati at the time where I grew up and um, Whitey Cracker flew in so I went to the airport to get him actually he flew in at the very last second like the whole time he was like oh I, you know I don't think I can make it no I'm not going to be able to make it and we're like dude like we're here you know like just come and do the, do the shoot like you already have the ticket and, uh, and so we talked him into to coming and then he uh, I, got, I got to the airport and I got him and I could like smell the booze off of him while he was like at the top of the escalator and i was like on the ground waiting for him to come <laughs> down and uh and he just like kept telling me over and over how some people in the airport recognized him and like asked for his autograph and uh wanted to take pictures and stuff and so uh i was like yeah like cool that's that's dope you know and i'm driving him and i'm like hey you, you know you need to pull over or anything just just let me know and he's like oh no i'm good i'm good and then you know a short time later he's like Oh yeah, you need to pull over, and then he threw up all over the side of my car. And um, <laughs> I kind of remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, fortunately, it was mostly on the outside, and so I just went to a gas station. I got some Clorox wipes, and we cleaned the car up. But, uh, but yeah, that was that was real fun. <laughs> he, he got he got syringes and started sending me to the CRISPR scientists to reconstitute my DNA, and uh, that's the new the new shit. But uh, that's funny. Uh, that was a good time though and front was bald like always so like, yeah, yeah. The, uh, oh, um, I, I thought that the song wasn't actually going to happen because um i had just met front a lot and he was like oh yeah i'm gonna have you on the title track on my new album but you know rappers rappers talk all the time and nothing happens and so i was just like yeah okay sounds good you know and some months went by without hearing anything and then he finally sent me some stuff and i was like oh that's dope and then the video turned out way better than i thought and um i had like i hadn't seen the filming of the part like the intro part where he's like fighting the robot inside the house and stuff like the only parts that i had seen were just like the basement where where we filmed and um whitey cracker was at south by the following year with his ipad and was like oh yeah have you seen the, the video and then he like played it for me i think we were we were in like uh my friend uh williams like condo thing downtown it was like super nice they'd bought uh some like some gray goose and some balls energy drink for us and uh and we were just chilling there watching this video on the on the ipad and i was like so impressed i was like couldn't couldn't get over how well it came out so um it's been a long-running uh question and also sort of sort of joke uh original digital gangsters um can we expect to see uh, some some whitey crackiness, some Lars, and and throwing some in eighty in there? For life. Lars is, is just is... talking about that on Twitter like today. He's, he's <laughs> dude. He's been talking about that for some time. I think. 
yeah he he's been wanting to do DJ. it's been like now i think it's been 10 years i think yeah it's, it's been i think oh, it has been think, dude yeah, that's so fucking crazy you, you should totally get k flay on there yeah like flay and i still talk i i i there's something i i don't know what's going on between like lars and flay like they know each other from stanford and shit yeah and yeah i think they're like i don't know the dynamic like flay is somebody like i said I, I talked to her but i don't even consider her like uh in our strata anymore she's like yeah somebody like she's fucking beyonce as far as i'm concerned now playing with like tom morello and shit now man crazy yeah well that's yeah i mean and then i like she's she's always been like this indie kind of queen sort of thing so uh i don't know it's one of the things i think we always knew she had it but stooping to our level like listen to the you know corny shit she's done with us and i'm just like god man you really (laughs) swinging low (laughs) but it was good thanks track where you uh Way you rap to the with a British British accent? accent? Yeah, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. King Arthur, whatever that was. We had a yeah, we had a great Guinevere. The people made yeah, Guinevere because there was some like TV show that was out. It was making fun of King Arthur's shit. So people were putting a compilation videos on YouTube <laughs> with, uh, those clips. But yeah, I don't. Lars like is kind of. I mean, he, he definitely like has the the literature chops and stuff. Um, yeah. And like his his hacking is limiting to limited to like pirating music, and uh, I think he cracked a video game once or twice. So, um, he's got a different uh, artistic palette than than we do. Oh, yeah. Um. So the digital gangster thing, like I love, you know, I I still consider him one because he's a he's a hip hop laptop rapper. So whatever. <laughs> Um, yo, we have a couple questions that have been popping up in the chat. Um, they're in voices of voice now. Um, if you guys want to talk about them, one of them is from Rufflewitz. It's uh, it eighty. Can you talk about the story of Victor? I've heard the name and a few of your songs. I'm curious, but not understand. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's a storyline that kind of transcends several of the albums, and it's actually uh, two storylines that are intertwined. Um, both, both are fictional, uh, just to start uh, to frame that. But um, the first part, actually, that, like chronologically, is uh, from the song uh, Void, No Return, on our first album, Zero One. And the story follows a kid named John who um, like has these abusive parents, and uh, he knows that he's going to get in trouble for his grades. And so he and uh, I think two or three of his friends um, hacked the uh, school's database server and then they changed their grades but uh, they end up getting caught and um, at the end of that song uh, John is like basically on like house arrest with his with his parents um, and then in uh, our fourth album next level there's a song called the game and it features a uh, features a character named Victor who lives uh, in like the ex-soviet block and so um victor is like this hacker and you know he's like basically with his skills it's either uh scam people online or you know like be part of organized crime or whatever and he ends up uh, getting chased by uh you know some kind of law enforcement and apprehended and um and is intended to be extradited uh to the u.s 
And then in All the Things, our fifth album, there's uh, a song called Hear Them Talking. And it kind of intertwines the two storylines and talks about how Victor is like living in this apartment in America. And there's this kid uh, that's in the, you know, on the same floor named John. And um, he basically teaches John how to hack. And so it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's like how John got, you know, up to the, up to the part of like being able to uh, shell his uh, his school's database to change his grades, and then um, on our sixth album, Downtime, uh, there's a song called "Start Another Chapter," and it's about like the early days of Victor. I think it only just like just briefly mentions Victor once, so you kind of have to have like heard the songs to be able to like piece together that it's uh, that it's talking about Victor. Um, one that's like not like explicitly enumerated, but in uh, on our fifth album. Uh, all the things. There's a song called Farewell, and there's two separate storylines in in Farewell, and uh, one of the storylines is actually meant to be John uh, as well. But I never I never explicitly mention uh, John or Victor. So again, it's all uh, it's all uh, fictitious, but um, but like you know the the storylines I thought were pretty cool. Nice. Uh... What that was, was asked in the chat as well. We had a second Put in here. There. Wait, what? So this one was for for Whitey. Like, uh, how long does it typically take you to come up with a beat? Oh, I saw that. Uh, that's like one of those questions. Like, where do you get your ideas? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't have a real concrete answer there. I mean, what the fuck? I don't know. Sometimes I hear beat. I'm like, this is hard. And then sometimes I'm like, listen to beats for hours, and I'm like, these suck. <laughs> I mean, and then I'll try well, to make my own, and then it sucks, and I fucking hate And music. sometimes something sounds so good before you go sleep. <laughs> I'm drunk as fuck. I make a fucking instrumental. I wake up, I listen to it again. I'm like, what the fuck I was I doing? Thinking, yeah, that's a bad yeah. one too. Well, I think uh, so. For example, if you compare, maybe played the fifth. I know you worked quite a bit. On not really like that one so that one i i finished it like that that's been out like i've had it done for a couple years probably like i did the beat and i did the song and the lyrics and i just never recorded it like that happens a lot like there's a ton of text files on these on my hard drives and stuff where i just put down little things that i thought of <clears throat> some people use their notes on their phone or, you know i'm just nano or text edit guy and i just throw lyrics in and it's really easy i, I hate writing on a notebook um because it's like sometimes when i rearrange like i don't like where things are in a song so like rearrange them and it's super easy with a computer uh and so i don't know if i'm disrespecting the hip-hop elements by doing that or if it is more in my my character purview to do that sort of thing but i just i don't know there's just i have so much shit that like i've even written sometimes i'll go back way you know years and i'll find like some sort of couplet that i did and i'll dig it up for a new song uh but yeah i don't know I'm so gonna, you were I'm saying uh what was it uh random toxicity it was just like the leftovers that was a bunch of leftovers yeah that one was just shit that I had like in different, it was parts of different songs. So, yeah, that's a good one though. I'm glad you remember that. Um, that's an example of something. I mean, you can just tell the song really goes nowhere. It's just a bunch of shit I'm just talking about. So uh, yeah, it was, that was just thrown together, copy paste. Is there going to be a song with Redman, whoever was on tour with him? I don't know if it was Int or White. 
we both played with them at different times actually his was at DerbyCon and mine was at uh, yo drop Born a track with them dude i don't know them that well like i mean i don't 80 i don't know if you've talked to them since like i talked to him a little bit um but i think you know i would need to like go through his manager or something i had one song see basically i i look for feature artists based on the song that i'm writing not like the actual artist itself so uh, you know, it's like I got to be writing a song where I'm like, oh, man, I, I would love to get this person's perspective on this track. And uh, the only song that I had where I was like, man, I really would love to get Redman on this was uh, Shower Con. And I thought, like, it would be amazing to have, like, Redman rap about this this concept of, like, hackers having a, a party, like, in their in their hotel rooms, you know, suites, bathroom, uh, you know, in, in, like, swimsuits and whatever, uh, drinking all the booze, hacking all the things. And uh, and then like have Redman like wilding out in the video in Vegas with us, but um, but he, he wasn't able to make it happen. So uh, so that was it. It was just me. <laughs> yeah, that would have been dope. Yeah, it's funny because you have like the like the Darknet crossover, right? I'm just like slinging drugs online and then slinging drugs in real life. <laughs> so. Um... I guess uh, a quite like a a thing that sort of uh, happens a fair bit, I think, is like that you guys you got the topic for your song, you know, like you've got like the sort of structure, or maybe or you know a few lines that is like the core thing you're trying to uh, portray or trying to convey to your audience. Like, is there a song uh, that has just gone over everyone's heads that you thought was like a you know, besides the entire tr- uh, album of introducing Nils, I guess. But <laughs> thanks. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I was, was going to say the whole album of introducing Nils. <laughs> nah, I I don't know. Eighty. That's that's. I don't know. Like that's. I think, like I said, because our fan base is pretty savvy. So I don't know if there's anything that I've put out that like the people who would normally listen to it don't don't grab. What do you think, Dave? I like I like I said I I don't uh I don't have any meaning when I write stuff. I just write songs that I think sound good. That's so. bullshit. <laughs> you artist, stop being a boy with your shit. Yeah. Uh, you, you're, yeah, your wordplay is really. That's the one thing that is good about this is that really like me and eighty can only really bite off each other. Like there's no one else that can really fake it type thing so that helps that when you're writing computer lyrics you can almost be sure that if in 80 didn't write these exact words then no one else in history has so luckily we got that going for us no one can bite our our rhymes without looking completely obvious original digital gangsters exactly see yes picking up what we're putting down here (laughs) let's not mention weird al vankovich because i think he's been doing a lot longer yeah, I was just about to say Weirdo Yankovic. Do you have to go back and check his, like, Google? <laughs> if you think you've come up with a clever computer rhyme that nobody's ever come up with before, do you have to quickly Google it to make sure Weird Al or somebody didn't mention it at some point? I mean, Weird Al doesn't have, he's got like, all about the Pentiums and I think it's maybe a couple of songs. But there's, white, white there's a couple of, like, joke acts that have, that have people, have, like, comedians that have done nerd rap sketches or whatever. Uh, I'd be worried about that. If I came up with a really clever rhyme um, and it seems really obvious to me, I would be Googling it to see if somebody else has already. 
Yeah, I, I kind of actually think about uh, like it's almost two separate camps of of nerd rap music. Like I think there's, uh, or or more, but in terms of like nerdcore, you know, like I, when I think of like um, rappers, I think like the people that you commonly mention, right? Like like Whitey Cracker, myself, Front a Lot. Um, when I think of like uh, people, like when I start to think of Weird Al, I think of a completely different group of people, right? I think of like Devo Spice and like Luke Ski and like Dr. Demento, and I don't I don't consider yeah. that uh, like group of people to be like nerdcore rap. I think it's like oh. more like comedy rap or parody rap. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Weird Al Yankovic is not nerdcore. He's more of like parody and polka. But he's pretty much just pretty much make rolls and stuff like that. But he's a little smarter than he looks, so he kind of makes those neat references. Would you call, yeah. uh, say, Lil Dicky a nerdcore rapper? Do uh, he falls into that? I, I don't think that most people would consider Lil Dicky to be a nerdcore rapper. But as an example, I would think of Lupe Fiasco as a nerdcore rapper because he mentions like so oh, much yeah. like, sci-fi and like robot stuff, right? But he's like, if you ask, name like the most famous nerdcore rapper, or like nobody would name Lupe Fiasco in that in that list. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so. interesting because we're Donald, getting Donald like, Glover. yeah, Donald Glover, Doctor Octagon, yeah, other Dr. guys uh, like that. Beltron, that fall into the uh, same arena. Uh, Beltron, yeah, Beltron, yeah, I mean, you're you're also kind of delineating uh, nerdcore and you know hacker rap, so it, yeah, still sets there. So it's There's, I think that's where you're going. The the, the Venn diagram that. that no, Dino is talking about earlier. It's very, it, I, the, yeah. There's a certain the barrier to entry to kind of getting into like 80s and my music is different than you know the rest of nerdcore is a little bit more approachable. Like everyone understands oh. what Star Wars is and stuff, but you know, MC Chris shit, yeah. Not many people can. That's true. Dereference a pointer. So I'm kind of uh, curious. So uh, more I was kind of curious. Like thing that's come up, I guess, recently is uh the Bitcoin. Uh, there's like a subreddit for Bitcoin music. But yeah, yeah. Bitcoin Baron obviously Crypto came rap. out first. So, like, how does that? Have you found that that's sort of brought more people? Like, I don't know. Do you think that's brought more people into like rapping about nerd stuff, or do you think that's just like money chasing? It's the same uh, money chasing different paper. It's just, it's just yeah, hacker, hacker scene. I just the the whole so last last January, uh, I was at in Miami for the North American Bitcoin Conference, and it was just like after last december's run where i think you know bitcoin was hovering around eighteen thousand or whatever and it was just nuts like every fucking idiot their <laughs> mom was investing in crypto they're not their money their friends money all this shit and like it was kind of terrible because again there's this echelon of weird kind of you know the crypto illuminati that i refer to is just a few people basically that we've just been going to these these conventions you know when they were they originally were like cults and same thing with like defcon type shit like you know back at the riv and stuff when you know now it's like three hotels that there's this whole like little kind of initial community that sort of sprouted and then grew into this like large large thing and with crypto like there's a lot of people that are in it that don't understand it i think the same is kind of hacking is sort of seeing the same sort of push like it's it's very alluring and it looks cooler than uh than it really is type thing so it attracts certain people but i noticed that sort of what we do 
in like as computer hackers or whatever is very trendy you know and so of course these things like bitcoin are going to get picked up you know, amongst you know a lot of different people but still again kind of knowing that or having the having the ability to understand everything that's going on like in the scene or you know what the nuts and bolts of these things are i don't think a lot of people are really delving too deeply into i'm at the natural progression of the of the hacker scene um just like the the way that that hacker scene was very closely intertwined with the spammers and virus creators and now ransomware people and stuff crypto I'm, kind of falls into like a an area that's hackers are naturally evolving to um, i'll let you finish but dnc had the hottest uh hacker back of all year that's true, Very true. <laughs> look look i, I want to tell you something the the thug crowd thingy that i did that tiny little thing was made so quickly and it sounded like shit and uh whitey made me re-record it about five times and multiple nice. like do this do that do this right now. Like, this is how it's doing. So I, I was going to go to sleep and he's telling me what to do. And I did it and I sent it to him and he, he mixed it at the end. It was on an Atmos beat where I picked just a chunk and then Whitey made it sound good. Like, it, it, like the beat sounded great. I sounded awful. And then somehow that came out. So that's all. Nice. You guys got any crazy yeah. uh, tour? Just general stage stories. I'm sure there's a variety to choose from. Hey, do you want to take that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, the tour was actually, like, this tour that I was just on was actually pretty low-key. Uh, there were, like, two incidents it shows, but um, nothing, like, worth revisiting at the moment. I had to drive the entire tour, so I was driving like almost 3,000 miles per week, which was really fun. Shit. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Man, I'm trying to think of like good like on-stage stories. I know there's been like a bunch of weird stuff. Like, um, uh, okay, so I've got HushCon coming up. I'm playing HushCon in Seattle on Saturday. <laughs> and nice. um, uh, a couple years ago at HushCon, uh we were playing at this like the show was at this uh gay bar it was called the unicorn and it was like super rad uh the was like downstairs and um this the stage was like this really rickety wood and uh i was turbo faded and i was like i'm gonna put a hole in this stage tonight because like that's what's <laughs> gonna happen and um the set like culminated with uh me and fuzzy knob with our shirts off I was rapping over um, uh, Voodoo People by uh, The Prodigy. It was a Pendulum remix. And me and Fuzzy Knopper are just like stomping on the stage, like jumping up and down as hard as we can on the stage, trying, <laughs> trying to burst a hole in the floor of the stage. Uh, that reminds me of uh, a, a future HushCon. Uh, HushCon East last year, we were playing in, um, I think in Brooklyn. And um, it was like me, Michael Kill, uh, Schaefer the Dark Lord and Front a Lot, and Michael Kill went on first. And like before the like before the show and sound check, the sound guy was like giving uh, Schaefer and Front a Lot a really hard time because they had their own sound setups with like their uh, their wireless mics and stuff. And they were having like some feedback issues. And I was like, I'm lazy. I don't really bring anything to shows, so you know I'll just use the house mics. And which are commonly like sure, you know, SM58s or PG58s. Like you don't need anything major for a live show, especially when artists are 
you know, doing awful things on stage and uh, ruining <laughs> mics all the time. So anyways, um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be nice to the sound guy. His name is Alex. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, Alex, you know, like, thanks so much for making my stuff sound good. Like, I appreciate it. Like, and he's just like, yeah, tell your friends to get some, you know, good wireless mics or whatever. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they have, like, near top of the line wireless mics. But, you know, whatever. And then uh, in the set, so Michael went first. And his set was fine. And he proceeded to get, like, obliterated falling down drunk. And um, and then Schaefer went, and then Frontalot went, and then uh, and then I was the headliner. And Frontalot uh, spilled water on the table during his set, and it got on like uh, Fuzzy Knob's controller. So when we went on and tried to play, uh, like the the music wasn't playing right, the playback was all messed up. And uh, and so I was, you know, I was like, hey, uh, Alex, like I don't I don't know what to do. Um, can you help me out? Can we try like switching out different parts of the system? You know, can we try like new di boxes new cables like whatever and we'll just try to isolate down like what the issue is and the uh the sound guy was just super mad about it and i was like look like i'm sorry like i don't know i'm asking for help you know i'm not i'm not saying like this is your fault or you need to fix it i'm just like asking for help trying to like troubleshoot the situation because like i don't know anything about sound or any of the equipment and so anyways uh he's just like super mad or whatever and michael's just like fuck that guy and so uh anyways we're we go through we figure out that the controller is wrecked and so we take uh fuzzy knobs controller and we just like smash it on stage and he like jumps up and down on it or whatever and we just play off the laptop yeah so rip rip tractor s4 or s2 whichever it was um and we play off the laptop and uh show goes well and uh we finish with uh, all the things and in the chorus uh when like the audience is yelling hack all the things i'm hearing this like banging noise to my right to the cadence of hack all the things and like what is that and i look and michael is like smashing mic stand into the stage to the cadence of hack all the things and uh i think on like the second hook uh the second like go around after the second verse um his mic stops working and i look over and uh the mic stand is in like multiple pieces and, <laughs> and so then uh we like finished the show out and um uh you know afterwards like michael's standing by his uh by his merch table and, and everything and he's like david he's like i want to go outside he's like let's go outside and we'll take we'll take alex and we'll just brutally beat him like through like gritted teeth and i'm like oh uh, yeah like we could do that or we could just like go in the green room and drink like free alcohol like you know <laughs> there's free alcohol there and he's like okay let's do that and so we like go <laughs> go back in the green room and we walk in and michael takes these like bottles of water and he just starts like throwing them around everywhere in the green room like you know splashing water everywhere and i'm like michael that doesn't like that doesn't accomplish anything you know like the venue doesn't <laughs> suffer from that alex doesn't suffer from that and he's like uh yeah you're right he's like well he's like i saw him like in here earlier it looked like he was taking out the trash i'm like then like pee in the trash can like make him take out like a trash can full of your pee and he goes okay and he's like don't look and so i'm just like i'm not looking i'm just like standing in the corner you know like looking at the wall and while uh michael's peeing in the trash can front lot comes walking in and uh and he's like oh my god and michael's like david peeing the trash can first and I'm like, I'm, I'm back here looking at the wall, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, so that was, uh, that was a really fun story. Man, Hush is really good. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I need, I need to go to Hush. Yeah, Hushcon's always, always a blast. The first year that they had a show, 
I was uh, I was day drinking with my uh, now ex girlfriend, and we were both like toast by the time the show came up. And I had to like assign one of my friends. Uh, shouts out to Connect uh, Connection or Lewis or I forget what he's going by now, but anyways, I had to sign uh, Queso Lewis. Dip. He's yeah, that's Queso right, Queso Dip. Dip. That's his yeah. DJ handle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Black, Black Sun Research Labs. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, had to sign Lewis to uh, watch after my my now ex girlfriend during the show. And then while I was rapping, I was rapping um, another prod- prodigy song, "Invaders Must Die." And there was this part where like I, it's got like some kind of fast raps, but I started to like kind of lean back while I was like rapping and I like almost blacked out. Like I felt myself like losing consciousness and like falling backwards. And I had to like, <laughs> like fight to like open my eyes and like not fall down and stop breathing or something. And so it was, oh God, it was impressive. And that was like the first like HushCon show. Uh, it had like BC and super commuter. It's the only time I've, I've ever seen super commuter. So nice. it was good. Good shit. My, heart pence. Andy heart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Andy yeah. heart pence. Yeah, Optimus Prime. That's funny. Yep. What do you think? Do you guys have been to a lot of um, a lot of con parties and Vegas parties, vendor parties? Um, what would you think would be the most baller party that you've attended? Uh, which which mob puts on the DefCon by like party? by a large margin? I, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I, like... more specific, what what party at DefCon is what I'm getting at shit dude any of them like the the energy is just way different there i think like uh at defcon just in general but like De- I mean, defcon official yeah, yeah 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 um well i'm thinking the, of some of the like some of the consultancies and security companies and stuff they're sponsored parties um <laughs> i uh over the years fucking you guys have been to a lot more of them than me so you must have some stories what was that one that we did where i told the dj about how i peed in the dj booth at the mezzanine (laughs) yeah i remember that that was uh, rapid seven rapid seven yeah Yeah, and i think shit i played and like i was telling the fucking dj i was like yo because he was because i was talking about like pissing in the dj booth i have this thing about peace but uh anyway like he just gave me this like fucking the crustiest look like you were a retard and i was like all right well i guess i guess we're not friends anymore well didn't he like that was like rapid sevens dj that they had on retainer right so i think like he had like played that show with you uh where you had peed in the dj booth is why i think he was upset well he was the dj yeah. So uh, uh, speaking of like producers and stuff, uh, Jewelcore is obviously a duo. Um, Eighty being the rapper, like so we never hear from from Sixty Four ever. Um, and there's a few songs I guess you you've you've done about Sixty Four, but uh, was he just quiet? Like he doesn't like to come out to shows too much, or like, he actually came out to the LA show that we were at. Uh, I saw I got to see him. He came to DefCon. Uh, what was that? Two thousand thirteen. 20, 2012, I think, in 2011. Yeah, so, I mean, he pops his head out, but, like, I think uh, he, he kind of digs being in the, you know, the silent not, not the mustache. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, the Dan the Automator. Uh, real fucking smart dude, though. Super in the music, too. Dave, yeah, you know him better than I do. I mean, obviously. That's pretty much it. I mean, he's, like, <clears throat> he's not uh generally somebody that you know wants to be outgoing and stuff he like he's kind of shy and he likes to just kind of um sit in the studio and and make beats and mix and everything um but like he does like to party as well so the first year at defcon 
I like, I ran him ragged, which, you know, like I, I do every year, but he like, he flew in with his, uh, at the time his girlfriend, but now his wife. And, you know, he was like, oh man, like I'm, I'm so tired. And I was like, oh, we got to go play shows. Just, you know, drink this vodka Red Bull. Let's go. And then we like go play shows all night. And then it's like, now it's time to like sell CDs. And so that, you know, like the vendor area is open and we're just like hanging out selling CDs and stuff. And he's like, oh my God, like I'm so tired now. Like I haven't even been to sleep. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like we got to go sound check. Just, you know, just drink this vodka Red Bull. Let's go. And, uh, and he was like, he did that. And he was like, I think I'm going to quit dual core because he's like, I can't keep up with this. <laughs> but then after, after Vegas, uh, he and his, at the time girlfriend, they took a trip down California and um, he proposed to her. They got engaged and she said yes. And I think if she said no, he probably would have quit dual core and hated me for life. But that was like the saving grace. And then, uh, and then he did email me at like after, after Vegas and say that he really enjoyed all the parties and everything. So he came back for the following year, but then um, he hasn't been back since then. I do play a show with him every year in England now. Uh, there's a conference in Sheffield called SteelCon, and we play there. Um, it's in like it's June or July, I think, but uh, we play there and it's, it's been like super fun. So, and we'll be back for 2019 as well. I mean, that's a big, it's a big uh, commute from, uh, from the UK. I mean, from Australia, like I want to kill myself by the time I land in LA. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is like, because he and I don't play shows very often, we don't have like a, like a tight set together. And this like dream that I've always had is to have this like really cohesive set with like me and, and a DJ where, you know, like the DJ is saying like parts of my raps and like, you know, the playback is, you know, like razor sharp on like where it drops out and the effects that happen and stuff. But um, living him like living on the other side or me living on the other side of the planet, whichever us living half a world away from each other uh, and like the infrequency of him playing shows with me doesn't allow us or doesn't really facilitate us taking the effort to like put this like super amazing set together that I've always dreamed of. And so um, as a result, his like responsibilities then are just like delegated to controlling volume and controlling playback while on stage. Right. And, you know, because that's like normally my responsibility just by way of the laptop. And so I would love for like one day for us to like um, have this like crazy set that I have in mind. Cause I think people would, people that have seen me play by myself and been like, wow, that's an amazing show. They would, you know, like lose their, lose their minds watching this dream that I had, this vision I have in my head. Uh, but until then, Fuzzy Knob fills the role. Yeah, so until then, Fuzzy Knob will tear his shirt off alongside me and stomp on stages. We've definitely, I think there's been at least three shows where we have uh, messed up the sound playback from stomping on stage. And uh, <laughs> the one the one I always remember is the EFF 25th anniversary, and it was hosted by uh, Will Wheaton and uh, Corey Doctorow. And I think I think we were like the headliners, and it was in all. I don't know, it was in a last rites, and uh, there's these like two like drum kicks uh, right before the third verse comes in, and so we like jump up and down and stomp on the stage twice in a row uh, to the cadence of the drum kicks, and all the sound goes out except for the vocals. And so like I stop and I turn around and I look back at Fuzzy Knop, and he's like slamming his controller into the desk and or into the table and like you know unplugging everything and replugging it and like nothing's working. And so I just did the third verse acapella, but I wish I would have remembered at the time or like noted that the third verse 
starts out, step to the mic, everything is a hush. And I'm like, ah, oh, so perfect. <laughs> but uh, but I didn't. I just like wrapped it, you know, like robot memory recall. So, uh, but yeah, it's 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 always amazing playing with Fuzzy Knopf, and I look forward to playing with him again this Saturday at, at HushCon. Oh yeah, um, what are you had a new DJ this year? Also, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Isabella do it. But I, yeah. I fucking I just teed it up, man. Like she, you know. I don't know. I don't know if she really likes being on stage either. Her and her and Chris C64 have a little bit in common there. Uh, just <laughs> lay in the cut and do the damn thing. But I, yeah, I don't know. Like Fuzzy Knop, I think he's he's great for you. Like you guys have really good energy on stage. Oh yeah, for yeah. Sure. Yes, and thing. he's he's backed like, me up too. He's done he's done backline for me a fucking million times as well. So I mean, I shout out to Fuzzy Knop for always being clutch there for sure and uh, last year he came down to play at uh in sao paulo with me at Roadsec, and um he had like his own dj set and i like i ran hype for him in his dj set and that was super fun too you know so like just being on the mic like taking a couple rap lines or doing like hype stuff or saying the like three bad words in portuguese that i know out of three portuguese words that i know and uh getting the crowd all hyped up um Oh man, I was totally gonna totally gonna ask a question, and I have one. I have a question. Hopefully, my mic is unfucked, so I'm yeah, not yeah. Being like Mr. Robot. So, YD, unfortunately, I originally thought, as soon as reading Snow Crash, I thought your character was your persona, as far as what your stage name is, was actually based off YT from your character. No, you're right. Absolutely right. Well, you told me it wasn't though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's like that's a cool. Well, which is it? You're as truly as a, as a courier, like, and that's a wow. thing. It's one of those like shibboleth sort of things that like people in the scene who like know Snow Crash. That's Niels is based off of introducing Niels. Yeah, like that's yeah, or Neil Stevens. Shout out to shout out to Snow Crash from Fnet. Because I read the book Snow Crash after listening to Niels. So, but my question is, uh, what's your favorite book, literature or non-literature, or non-fiction or non-fiction? Uh, favorite book. Oh, hacking cool. exposed yeah hacking for dummies for <laughs> <laughs> something by kevin it's written Mitten. by a CSSID. <laughs> ghost yeah. in the wires um yeah ghost in the wire i'm like doesn't have I to mean, be it doesn't necessarily even need to be like uh cyber or anything like that it could just be a cool book that's nice. i mean i was into like a lot of the like like neuromancer was huge and like the guy's name being case was fucking sick i think they're gonna make a movie out of neuromancer here soon they've been kicking around for a while and i hope they don't fuck it up um but yeah, uh yeah uh the dictionary has always been a dope book uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm into that the english one the source is pretty good too yeah that's, hey, that's uh, good overrated one so star on 80, Amazon. Eighty, can, can, <laughs> can you talk about uh, the meat pistol incident? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 Um, moist pedal now, isn't it? Yeah. So there is a there is like a uh, an effort um, that was dubbed moist pedal, which I think it started about a year ago, and I don't think there's really been many commits into it. But um, but yeah. Uh, Meat Pistol was an implant framework 
um, that was written in Go, and it would let you cut binaries for for implants. It was modular, so you could say I needed you know like this functionality for this implant, um, and it would also stand up your C2 infrastructure for you. And uh, it was presented at DefCon, uh, not this year but last year, um, after being approved internally for presentation. And then uh, the two presenters were fired uh, after giving the presentation and uh, like immediately after in front of everyone. And uh, let's see, it's an anagram for Metasploit. Um, it is like using Metasploit, like it's, like it's almost like you run MPF console instead of MSF console. It's like the exact same like look and feel, tab completion, all the goodness. Um, the, approach that was originally in mind was to follow the Metasploit uh, path. So, you know, like open source the core of the framework, um, allow people to, you know, fork and have their own repos with their own modules and whatever. Um, we had uh, Intel and Google Red Teams uh, committing code into it already. Um, and yeah, it was super rad. I, like I used it in Red Team Ops and it worked really well. Uh, and it is a bummer that it will probably never see the light of day. The the fucking conspiracy yeah. theory behind that shit was, because so I, I was on the in the third party like watching it unfold, but like basically <clears throat> Fuzzy, like was one click decommissioned before he got off stage for the talk. It was like that they I don't know they seemed like they're moving the chess pieces even before this shit happened. So uh, there's a power struggle at the highest levels of of uh of the company yeah. that they work for they lost a lot of crazy. a lot of respect um yeah the clout went way down on that power. shit yeah clout to zero basically instantly hacker clout zero <laughs> rip clout gone hey guys it's getting kind of late now um you should probably keep the sign off uh, and we can keep the chat going after um but oh, come on dad yeah come on just just one more hour yeah. <laughs> I don't even have school tomorrow. On, man. You can't pause a multiplayer online game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, thanks guys so much for coming on and just sharing stories. There's a lot of people in here that don't get to talk to you like this, so um, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, but, thanks, thanks for having thank us. You. And if you if you see me, I speak for myself. If you see me at any conference or show, by all means, please come up and say hi. I, I love to talk shop. Want to talk about? O-Days or Breaches or, or rap music, whichever, I, you know, I like it all. So I'm, I'm always happy to hang out. Yeah, you're more than welcome to come and join our, our ever-growing uh, chat list of people as well. So, um, yeah, we do it every week, every Tuesday. Um, and everybody who's listening, uh, thank you guys for coming out too. Um, we have a lot of new listeners, people who've joined uh, recently. So we do these chats every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. Uh, America, New York in your time zone file. Um, and we have guests and topics and things. Um, Thuggrod.com has our full schedule. Uh, next week we have T Profit for a part two of Freaking. Um, so if you guys remember from uh, last week, I think it was, was it? Where we kind of failed at blue boxing over Discord through a phone to another phone. So it was just a lot of uh, a big mess, but he's gonna uh, come in and, and show us how it's actually done. Um, so 
Yeah, um, definitely keep an eye out for that one. It's going to be awesome. And then the week after that, we're going to have the Thug Crowd Holiday uh, Guide. We'll do a countdown of our favorite stupid IoT and other sketchy data services that are potentially going to be gifts given to you. So stick around for that. Um, so thanks, everybody, for coming out. If anybody has any last words before we go. Smoke weed every day, motherfucker. Smoke weed every single <laughs> day. Drink all the booze. Buy these, uh, buy these guys buy music. I need all the space. <laughs> Just going. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you everyone for coming out. Um, we'll see you. Uh, also, shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. And uh, keep an eye on.